You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to this week's Rope Report podcast. I'm your host, James Copley, and joining me this week, we have James Nichols. How are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. No, it's nice of you to ask. <laughs> Nobody ever asked me who I am. <laughs> we have podcast producer Chris Cam. How are you, mate? I'm not so bad. And our special guest this week is none other than the son of Pelle, Martin Smith. How are you, Martin? Oh, very well, thanks. Thanks for having us here. Good stuff. We'll jump into the three-word review. On Saturday, we were left bitterly disappointed by a 1-1 draw away to Leeds. And despite performing well, the result leaves us with relegation all but mathematically confirmed. Andy Maguire says, draw wholly inadequate. Martin says, the best supporter. Andy Cook says, not so bad. Bomb Diggity Diggity says bring back Beedling. Kieran Asquith says home by five. Ryan Pallister too fucking late. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob says touch my gooch. Nige says two shit teams. <clears throat> Alf Bibby says poor defending again. Paul O'Leary, Akron and Stanley away. This is about the fourth time in a row he's sent that in, but it's still funny, I suppose. <laughs> Frankie Charlton, Mags and Meltdown, Kev Simmons played with passion. Tom Too Late Mate, Daniel Jenkins delayed the inevitable Elliot Hearn what's the point Kev another fine mess James Nichols banged then banned <laughs> see him more about that later yeah we'll, we'll get on to that later right the performance um, it was a performance to be proud of really the lads were unlucky Paddy McNair took the lead with a thunderbolt what did you make of it Chris I, I was so excited to see uh, Paddy McNair score not only to play but to score such a such a good goal done a love of the assist he looked like uh, Roberto Carlos down the right hand side. Mm. Unbelievable. Good pass, wasn't it? He was really good. He was sort of like a uh, disguised, like yeah. chip through the defence, wasn't he? It was lovely. Outside of his boot. Aye, oh, really nice. Done love. But uh, it, was, it was just, uh, it was exactly what you wanted to see because second half, we weathered a bit of a storm from Leeds and sort of came out having put on a nice little spell towards the end of that half. And you could see Coleman had obviously got into them half time and got them to bring a bit of energy from the first whistle and to get an early goal was a massive uh, massive boost mm. The result doesn't really do much for us though Martin does it? No it doesn't it's said uh, Birmingham managed to pick up a point as well and, and Barnsley got a result um, so again you, you look at the table um, it's going to be a massive massive effort and a massive series of results to mean we could stay up but the last three performances in the home way have, they've all been sort of better but just too little too late really mm-hmm. and where have these performances been earlier in the season James what's what's up well, we've seen glimpses of it under Coleman there was a, there was a couple of games early on there was a Fulham obviously home game Fulham just played exactly right into our hands but we play better against teams who usually play possession football all throughout this season mm-hmm. we've played we played better against sort of, t- sort of teams like Fulham even under Grayson with Norwich 
Uh, Nottingham Forest played possession football at home. There was the scene that again with Derby tried to, but they were horrendous. And then Leeds, they like to keep the ball on the ground and play. And we can kind of just like championship shit house them with them on us. That's what we've done really. Just worked hard and got the result and the effort put in. But the last three games, it's even Chef Wed was an awful defeat, and I don't think the performance was that good. But the effort was there. I couldn't fault them whatsoever. And if we'd just seen more of this previously, like we'd seen the. Like all we want as Southern fans are the players to play the shirt, play the shirt, put their effort in. And obviously, Martin yourself knows how mm. your playing style back in the day was. Everything was just all about the effort, yeah. the work rate. I mean, as you say, just the Sheffield Wednesday game. When I say it was a, it was what you said. It, the, the effort was there. You know mm. what I mean? But I think it was just that bit of quality again and the, the set piece defending. Just that sort Pure. of stuff's just been the story of the season, isn't it? And, mm. and mm. as you say, them teams, as you've mentioned, possession pace we ain't the quickest we ain't the most mobile so them teams do so it was because they give us a chance to get in behind the ball Yeah, you know that suits us you're absolutely spot on with that we, we did have a bit of quality on the bench although he is a rough diamond in Joel Osoro Coleman waited until pretty much the game was done until until he brought him on as a former pro Martin could you understand his, his reasoning behind that or do you think he should have been introduced a bit earlier I think if with Joel I think he at the minute He's. I've seen him since he's sort of come to the clubs. I've watched a lot of the youth team football. And he is. He's. He is raw, and he's. I think his best stuff at the minute is an impact player. But as you say, he probably's got to come on a bit earlier. Um, and I think it's been one of the maybe his only criticisms of Chris, especially I think the, a few few of the games he's left it very late. As you say, Saturday, prime example. Would you all? You say he, he probably should have been on. We all know we have to win the game, so it would have been good to see him earlier. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's maybe because he didn't see a particular bad performance in order to take somebody off mm-hmm. sooner? Because I think we did play quite well for that entire. I mean, that second half, you sort of like tough to pick out an individual player who could go. All right, we can take him out now. He's sort of dropped off the pace a bit. Mm in order to bring somebody else on it was just mm. slightly odd though because Ashley Fletcher although he had a good game looked absolutely yeah like that's it. true it reminded me a bit of um, the first home game of the season under Grayson where he, he didn't bring Kazri on and he just kept mm-hmm. it he kept it the same and I could mm. understand why he did it then and I could understand why Coleman repeated that because you kind of want continuity at times when something's working if the game becomes too stretched then you could you could lose it yourself So the interesting thing is that Coleman has shown that he can do this previously he's changed it when we're poor but he's also changed it when we're in the ascendancy at home to Fulham. It was nil-nil. Vaughan and Graben actually had a really impressive performance, and they, could, they probably should have put a, one of numerous headers. Headers that both had from uh, Matthews cutting on the left. They had some really good chances, and they linked up very well. But Coleman seeing that we needed a change, needed a bit of pace and impetus in behind. And I think it was about the hour mark he put obviously the double substitution for Osoro Marja on for Graben and Vaughan, and that lifted the whole stadium and mm. it changed. That was a really early sub as well. He's shown in the past that he can make that change to get what he needed but he didn't at the weekend and I think he should have Like I'm, I'm, I'm not criti- I'm not going to be critical of Coleman here I think it's a waste of time in the position that we're in but he has made mistakes every manager makes mistakes mm. just as every player makes mistakes these things happen it's a human part of the game that's the thing it's only in hindsight that it's a mistake you know what I mean if he did yeah. make a change and that player was awful then Coleman's made a mistake for doing the change mm-hmm. it's just it's it's all a trouble is with something at all in hindsight we can say like well we should have done this and should have done that it goes back for years yeah one player who impressed was Lyndon Gooch man of the match performance um, we're going to need him next season and players of his ilk aren't we yes absolutely <laughs> he was absolutely superb against Leeds I didn't have an answer for him the interesting then, thing about Gooch is that he's, he's got a little bit of pace and he's got a little bit of strength but he doesn't necessarily have a lot of either 
He's like a very all-round player. He's but very, he's, he's very like stocky in a yeah, wide sense. Bullish. Robust, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. He is. He, yeah. That's the one thing you've always said watching him down the years. It's the one thing you always knew you were going to get from him is 100%. Mm-hmm. He's one of them constantly. He'll give it everything. At times, some of the quality's not there, but he's still a young lad. But yeah. you can see, as I said, even yesterday and the ball he put in for George on Monday, there's quality in there. And yeah. as you get older, that comes out more and more. So as you yeah. say, he's, he's going to be an important part part of uh, next season and ongoing really mm. yeah we need to keep him that leads us on to next season squad as well which players do we think have to leave Jack Rodwell <laughs> J- Jack Rodwell has he not gone yet <laughs> yeah pounding the swear yeah, yeah it, it's been the same for the last few years you can write a list of who you want to go but it's fine somebody actually pay them the money that mm. they're on here somewhere else mm. and there's nobody on this earth is going to pay Jack Rodwell anywhere near <laughs> what he's on here so are you hoping a deal can be done or maybe the Chinese Super League somebody will just come in <laughs> and throw throw money at the name not yeah. the actual what he's done over the last I two or three his years name's, uh, his name's too strong anymore Jack, no, Jack Rodwell's brand's on the decline it is, it is it's, like people in the game know about this what, what happens behind the scenes and what some of the Rodwell has not even happened behind the scenes yeah, it's happened in public like, gallery hasn't yeah. it it's, it's, it's going to be, take a hope for like some managerial charlatan like Moyes who's panicking in January and hope for the best for him to come in yeah. for like a million pound offer or some derisory I don't think even Moyes would panic that hard <laughs> you know what I mean? if he was he'd probably sign Gibson yeah. instead of Rodwell mm. <laughs> okay. so we're in full agreement that we need to build next season's squad around the likes of Honeyman Asoro if he stays all of that doesn't look likely yeah. Madger Gooch you've got Ethan Robson coming through yeah. Yeah. got a couple of players out on loan that are doing well that might come back who 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 do you want to go Chris name go. two players you need to go that need to leave Sunderland forevermore never come back <laughs> we're not counting loan players no I think uh, permanent. I think Lamine Coney as much as he's played well recently he's just um, his he, he, I mean he could prove me wrong if he did stay but he's too big an ego for League One I mm. think it would be uh he would totally switch off, and he like, hasn't looked like he gives a fuck for most of the season. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Like he's he has put in some good performances, and we we do look better defensively with him in the team. But he he has to go, maybe even just for his career. Yeah, never I mind. I think that's because he's just sheer. His level is so much higher than what, what yeah. he's playing at the moment, and he's, he's going to stand out again next season if he does stay at league and win in league one. Yeah, he looks like he, he's our best defender, and he looks like he's our best passer of the ball at times. He comes out from the back, and he mm. sort of Leo John O'Shea would turn around and pass it back to his keeper. Coney's always. Pushing the forward, he'd be mm. probably. Yeah. I'd love to see the stats of how many forward passes he I plays mean, compared to the likes of Catamore. The thing is, like, you, you can have attackers who don't necessarily want to be here, but it, it kind of it's accentuated more when you're a defender because defending for me is 90% concentration. It's all concentration, anticipation, a lot of it's mentality. I mean, there was an interview with Jordan Boateng, he was on Players Tribune, and he was saying that the most important aspect of defending is your mind. Yeah. And if your mind's not in the game, if your head's not in there, if you're not in Sunderland, you can't concentrate and anticipate and read the game like that for 90 minutes yeah and he definitely won't be in league one we're defending as well you've got other desire to defend yeah and I think a lot of that when the the balls are going in the box and there's people not wanting to go and head the ball and and challenge people Mm -hmm. and I think as I say with Corny I think he's he's one of them at times he's thinking do I really want to go and get hurt for this football club (laughs) yeah and I don't think as he's gone I don't think he would bother one little bit in league one How, how conscious of that were you when you were playing did you actively think if this ball's coming into the box then I'm, I'm getting my head there no matter what for this I was, club. you know I was always perceived as a bit of a short put like a, a classic <laughs> winger mm-hmm. but I can honestly put my hand on my heart and say if it was in my box their box I, or if I was in the wall I would make sure mm-hmm. I got me as best I could get my head on it I'd yeah. get struck by the ball 
you know but these days you see a lot of it and you just think I mean, you see some people in the wall and they're just turning their backs and you're thinking, mm. how can you get away with that? How can mm. your teammate let you do that? How do you can think... you walk in the dressing room after yeah. the game knowing you've done that? Do you think that was unique to your time at Sunderland because of the connection you had to the area? Or no, I think, I mean, just in football, Jen, I think it's changed a bit, yeah. you know, and, and as you say, it's the, yeah, I think throughout for the desire to sort of defend and put your body on the line, you, I think it has changed I think the one thing that keeps, lets them keep the head held high is that massive checkbook they've got in the pocket. Yeah, yeah. Probably, probably. I mean, I bet there's one or two I've heard like that there, but I've heard a lot of the players coming for criticism during the season and I have a degree of sympathy I think we've got young lads who've probably played now mm-hmm. who could have been blooded earlier in the learning on the job yeah. in a very very difficult situation and you've got a couple of senior players who's probably had the best years mm. and yeah. probably shouldn't be playing every week They're probably so I think there's, there's been a lot of that but I think there's one or two who've sat back and just been happy to picking the money up Yeah, Nichols who'd you get rid of? Uh, Rodwell of course I don't think I've despised the Sun and play as much as that man in a long time and the other one it's difficult because obviously you see like, people like Catamol and O'Shea have underperformed but the legs have gone O'Shea's 37 now he shouldn't be playing 40 odd games a no. season Lee Catamol's had a career blighted by injury and injection to get him back and it's just taken its toll don't you think he's looked a lot better since Paddy McNair's been next to him but I say like Paddy McNair's his athleticism his energy mm. in midfield protects Catamol a lot like mm. Ndong protected Catamol when he was here mm. Ndong wasn't the best but he was just his pure stamina in the middle of the park protected a lot of Catamol against Leeds problems. Catamol did did his role perfectly he sat in front of the back four mm. and just paroled around the edge of our box and just Tried to yeah. pick out players. There was a couple of times he was stood in midfield and like leads forwards would just go around him and they wouldn't even like he wasn't even there. Yeah. But that that again, that's just part of his his body not allowing him to do that anymore. Mm. But the, the part that he could do with his mind and accepting passes and he did do that. Yeah, it's like the McNair and Honeyman kind of partnership. Either side of Catamol like protects Catamol a little bit like what Gooch and Honeyman did with Gibson when they, there was three in midfield when mm. Coleman first took over. It's quite similar like he's, that he's going for the same approach again. Uh, the second player would be Chalibodji if I'm going to count him. I think he's probably the most incompetent defender I've ever seen pulling Sunderland. Ah, you see, we might get a bit of money for him though because he's he's doing well for Dijon. He's yeah. broken back mm. into the Senegal squad. He's um he's playing all right. D- Dijon are like a, a a side that should be in a relegation scrap, but they're see, at the mid table now. He might cut the mustard for Dijon, but not for Sunderland. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> Boom. <laughs> but yeah, we'll finish it there. That's it. Yeah, finish. <laughs> we could do with um clearing out the loan the players out on loan really could Kazri yeah. probably well, uh, Lenz is already gone Barini will probably already well, that was gone. one of the ideas of why they went some, sent so many on loan now then because we had the 30 million for Pickford in the summer with the 2 million from Minoni which just looks like a financially horrendous decision mm. but then uh, Lenz Barini uh, Wabi Kazri and Jalabodji all being out on loan if they've all got permanent uh, permanent deals to sign at the end if they meet the clauses that gives us more income for, for the season for after the season's ended I, I realise that um, when this season ends and if Cardiff get promoted Lee Camp could go and be a, a Premier League goalkeeper well, he's welcome to as long as he's not here <laughs> <laughs> he's not for very good he's, he's a weird one Lee Camp because he's been a great keeper for quite a while in the championship until the mm. last few years and he's made yeah. a few great saves in the last couple of games yeah, as well it, to in, be fair in to fairness he, he did um, save one with his knee 
uh, against Leeds mm. that was that was decent. I'd give him a couple of saves against Leeds. He kept yeah. us in the game. Like. I mean, a few of them. He's a bit Richard. Remember Richard Kingston for Blackpool? Mm. Remember we we played Blackpool at home and DJ Campbell scored twice and they beat us two 0 We must have had about forty shots on target and Richard Kingston was like diving to the left. The ball went to the right and he'd save it with his foot. <laughs> but like complete accident. Like camp at times reminds me a little bit like that. Mm. It's like Coleman just went down the peacock, found some bloke who's been having a pint of Smiths and he's like, I don't want to come play for Sutherland and he's just jumping the wrong way and grabbing it, but. He, he did make some good saves, so fair enough to him. <laughs> Martin, what do you make of the uh, the goalkeeping options this season? I, I can never ever remember a worse situation in my time supporting mm-hmm. Sunderland. Uh, to, to have three goalkeepers who haven't really done anything, like it's just it's staggering. As you say, going back to Vito, uh, that was probably a cost cutting exercise. It's probably just they've probably spent more yeah. on the three they've brought in, wages wise and and stuff like that. It's it's it's. None of them inspire your confidence, and you look at the chef. I know Wilson had it in his own goal, but where it's been headed, and the keeper just hasn't even made any attempt to come off his line, and you're like, and it's just it spreads, and it's again. I think the back four just haven't any any confidence in the keeper, and mm, yeah. the keepers haven't any confidence in themselves. It looks like at the minute, yeah, it's um, kind of snowballed at the season. Yeah, yeah, but going, I mean, Steele. I think even the Celtic game, he just that was a friendly, was awful, yeah. and he looked so nervous and shaky, and mm-hmm. think, well, this this would be interesting to see how you go, and he, he just he never really yeah. improved from there. The, the, uh, a goalkeeper's as mad and enigmatic as uh, sometimes <laughs> depicted. <laughs> Some of them are, yeah, they're like in it. I look at Camp, and I think he looks a bit, bit like I can imagine him being lively, but I think yeah. Jason Stay looks totally the opposite. Yeah, um, he looks scared when he comes out on the yeah, pitch. He just looks. Again, looks just looks frightened at that first home yeah. game, and if he's if you're getting the impression as that from a fan, like a fan, what's your back four thinking? Yeah. You know, it just it's, like, every time he comes, like I sit in the back of the south stand. Every time he comes anywhere near the south stand, it's just like head down, like he'll clap once or twice, like obligatory. Well, yeah, but it's not the I'm again, yeah. I'm number one. It's yeah. just, oof, it's just doesn't inspire. He doesn't like he inspires himself confidence. Yeah. Never mind fans yeah. or players. No. I do feel for the bloke, but he would be my yeah. pick to uh, to leave. I think Jason Steele mm-hmm. in the summer if we're going to get anything from. I think he's, he's we signed a, a five-year contract, didn't he? Was I, it four yeah, or five? I think he's got three years oh, left. Well, uh, and again, that's that, uh, that's a keep route being released released from Blackburn. Why are you giving him that length of contract? Mm. He signed two years. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's crazy. just the constant just. <laughs> like baffling decisions that have come very, out with that club that, that red yeah. card against QPR I've, I've, how can he be oh. so positionally unaware that he's five yards outside his box and he's just, just got over tapping it, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think it was a week or two before that we were at Millwall away and I mentioned my mate in the first half like Steele had a really good game that game and he made a brilliant save just before they scored the equaliser unfortunately but he made a really good save in the second half but early on in the first there was a long ball over the top towards Morrison and it was just way over hit mm. and Steele like went out for it Completely misjudged it, but luckily he was in his box and like took a couple of steps back and caught it. And he'd done exactly the same thing in the second half against Millwall, and then exactly the same thing against QPR, and finally got punished for it. Yeah. Like, how could any keeper have just have like fair enough? He's low on confidence. You may yeah. not be able to, like believe in yourself to like pull off a worldly shot stop. But this is just simple, just just your basic basic awareness yeah. and ability to catch a ball. Mm-hmm. You can't even do that. A, a word for the uh, for the travelling support as well, who were in magnificent voice, turned out in numbers despite our perilous position. James Nichols, you were supposed to be one of those travelling fans. Yeah, um, I believe you didn't make it into the ground. No, we. Um, um, so you travelled down to Leeds. Recount us uh, uh, the tale of what happened. Your, so your folly to Leeds. Down to Leeds, get there about nine ten o'clock in the morning. Mm. Pistol. Oh, uh, that no comment. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, going around the Leeds City Centre, 
few bars and that and then finally make my way to the ground Ellen Road but get about quarter to three about five ten minutes away from the ground and uh, we've been singing some songs on the way but by this point we're just walking down just, just surrounded by Leeds fans and uh, some Leeds fan comes up one, one only one of us is actually wearing red and white shirt and grabs him and there's like a scuffle uh, a couple of more Leeds fans come over one of my mates gets put in a hospital uh, the other one's in an ambulance uh, <laughs> absolutely knackered two of them get arrested laugh, really. uh, police come over straight over and break everything apart put us to one side and give us section 35 banning orders to get out at Leeds City Centre for 48 hours <sighs> now the police are obviously doing their job and were more than accommodating if it wasn't for them it could have been a lot worse because mm. we were surrounded by Leeds fans so I'll thank them for what, everything they've done and they're just doing their jobs at the end of the day yeah. they, they didn't know what happened that would make them disperse but uh, it's just indicative like we've been to Millwall Millwall got a bad reputation not a single thing happened mm. not a single thing there was banter back and forth on the train nothing prob- no problems whatsoever they were singing songs to us they were, we were singing songs to them whatsoever it's an unfortunate incident really because yeah. your mate didn't take too well to being punched in the face really did he, he I think it was his first time receiving a blow in there <laughs> he, um, sour, sour grapes would uh, would sum it up <laughs> yeah he's uh, he's had a bit of a rough rough head today yeah and um, but it's just indicative like Leeds it was it was completely unprovoked completely and utterly mm. unprovoked and th- I would say he's a football fan but people like this aren't football fans no I said yesterday they give these fans give us fans the bad name mm. they're not football fans they got their section 35 to get away and they couldn't give a fuck they mm. could not care less if they were watching that game or not they just wanted to see someone in red and white and wanted to have Good a go smack, yeah. mm. they're Shot not football still fans still goes on doesn't it yeah you know where innocent people get mm-hmm. I always think right if people want to have a fight just stick them together yeah. you just get on with it leave all the innocent people yeah. out of it I mean these you things do what they do in Russia obviously James covers Russian football quite <laughs> often and they, they just let the hooligans go at it in Russia yeah, they just give them some gear, it, it's not great to see but if that's what people want to do give them a, I mean, give them a venue <laughs> get on with it leave the rest of us just to I watch mean, a football in, outside the stadium like this it's five minutes away from the ground Russia's got the bad name but outside the stadium like that and the stadium in the city centre of Moscow that won't happen mm. there's two miles of police with guns there's absolutely no <laughs> chance that's going to happen uh, that makes you but think be- twice because <laughs> we've kind of like moved away from this culture of the 80s it's a bit more lax and these, mm. these obviously they get the one idiot who should know better Yeah, it's, it, worries, better. it worries me for the World Cup because England fans have this reputation of being bad travellers because of a handful of like 1% of the group mm-hmm. of people who will go and like yeah. say something or like start on somebody yeah and that's that'll be you know those the same Leeds fans that start on you. We yeah, don't want those going anywhere near exactly. Russia for the World Cup because they'll be the ones that end up I mean, starting. That one percent part's important as well because I did tweet yesterday like Leeds United fans are scum. It was just like a sweeping channel. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was after after this, I was just pissed off. I didn't get in the game, but like by all accounts, the majority of Leeds fans, like, even ones we met beforehand in the pubs, were completely fine. Yeah. We had good conversations, they were good people. So you, I do, I'll have to stress it, it's just that 1% and that one idiot. Mm. That 1% scum. Yeah. That 1% Leeds. <laughs> Leeds 1% scum. Right, we're <laughs> going to take a, a quick promotional break so Nichols can recover from his tailor ball. <laughs> we'll see you shortly. <laughs> Right, hello, welcome back to the Rook Report podcast. Um, we'll jump into a, a Norwich and Redden little preview. Norwich are coming off a good victory over promotion, chasing Aston Villa and sit 12th in the table, just a point above recent opponents, Leeds United. The friendship trophy is again on the line, so what do we think the result will be and how will Coleman line up, Chris? Um, I can see us uh, I can see us winning it, actually. Um, 1-0 mm. in a tense affair. 
but uh, I, I just think it'll be one of those things where the players have shown enough fight recently that uh, we are going to go down, but we're going to go down with a fight, and it's, I think we're going to going to push ourselves right until the last day of the season and see how, how close we can make it go. I think the players have got that in them. I've got a bit of faith for that. And what is the friendship trophy for those that might not know? It's uh, it's a trophy that Norwich and Sunderland compete for every time we meet and uh, with the current holders, obviously. And it began in a... It was a League Cup final in... Ooh. 86 85 85 I was, I was there oh, I was yeah. showing my age right. <laughs> I was there it's 85 League Cup final between Norwich and Leeds Sunderland Norwich and Leeds Norwich and Sunderland, Norwich and Sunderland. got Leeds on the mind mm-hmm. Norwich and Sunderland anyway, I think we lost that game with 1-0 own goal yeah mm. but uh, the reason it began is because the Sunderland fans and Norwich fans were mingling all day and apparently the atmosphere was wonderful uh, one of my favourite lines was from a newspaper where Norwich fans were singing um, we won the cup we won the cup and some fans responded with we scored the goal we scored the goal <laughs> so it was just a, it's, a, it's a nice story it's a bit of positivity this, about, this uh, in stark contrast to, uh, to yeah, it's a nice, nice way to start the second half compared to the end of the first Norwich what do you reckon for the Norwich game Nichols um, pain or formation wise be the same I think he's going to keep it the same as, as much as possible the same uh, maybe one or two personnel changes but I don't know I get by this rate it doesn't matter anymore does it <laughs> Martin what would you do if you were Chris Coleman for this game what Pray. can he do Pray. Pray. <laughs> no I, I think he'll go out again as you just said there hopefully the same sort of attitude same sort yeah. of formation and hope we defend mm-hmm. better and score a few more goals I, I think there'll be goals in it because I think yeah, we have to score uh, but when we have to score I also see the other team scoring because yeah. it just opens us up and around the pitch we ain't got a great deal of pace so I can I could see it being a 2-2 two, two, a 3-2 something like that it's either way terrifying prospect of James Madison coming up against well, that's Catmull, exactly using my head yeah I can I can see him scoring good player isn't he yeah, yeah very good very yeah. talented Pacey got a good turn bit of trickery on him and he, he's, every single one of his strengths is about Catmull and O'Shea's weaknesses are due with him <laughs> yeah. <back of> gone. <laughs> yeah. how would we um, how would we line, line up in terms of personal and formation because there's, there's a big debate among Sunderland fans four at the back five at the back does Coleman know what he's doing? Does he talk a good game? There's a lot of questions there, I realise. But I've seen some questions of like, people like saying, oh, well, should sack Coleman? He doesn't know what he's doing. If it wasn't for him, he wouldn't be in this position. <laughs> do they really want to sack another manager? Mm. What's sacking Coleman going to do at this point? We'll go in and get Nigel Pearson with another sex scandal, eh? <laughs> like, what else can we do? He's going to sack a manager and just have the same cycle of shit again for another five years. Uh, for, for me, I, I don't know if I'm naive. I've mentioned it a couple of times in the, in the piece, like in the, in the on the side. I think Coleman's the man who can turn this around for us. I think he's not. The, we don't need a firebrand right now. We've already had that. That that's been and gone. We could have done could have done that last year instead of David Moyes. It's arsehole but, uh, <laughs> Coleman. For now, we just need somebody who can emotional. That was somebody... more emotional than the scum leads. That was <laughs> he really meant that one. We, we need someone to get an arm around these players. We can rebuild. We can focus around the youth stick an arm around them and change the negativity and the whole attitude around the players which has been hor- horrible mm. for years I mean I wrote on the site recently Poyet like, had this quote attributed to him like this rotten core quote he never actually said that I don't know who said that he didn't actually say that in his quote mm. and people would be like oh is this rotten core Catamol O'Shea is it, who, is it this person this person for me the rotten core is just the whole atmosphere at the club from top to bottom it's completely changed the only time it was any good was like that was six months in Allardyce when he galvanised everyone together mm. And then fucked off to England. <laughs> Martin, do you subscribe to this this rotten core argument? I don't think it's a rotten core. I think it's a whole 
see change of attitude that needs to yeah. change at the club mm. I think that's what it is um, I say there's a lot of strange stuff going on in that football club for the last God knows how many years um, and stuff's got to change and Chris Coleman I think it was a, a, a huge coup for us when we got him um, with his profile and I think going down to League One the size of the club we are <laughs> I know we're going down, but we're a we're a big club, and we're going to be the biggest club in that league. And with him as manager, we should be able to attract the best players who were in League One, League Two. You know, so I think it, it's positive he's there, um, and I think it won't be till next season we really see when he has a pre-season with it, whoever he brings in in his players. I think that's when you'll see what he's worth. Mm. Yeah, the most important thing for me about Coleman is that he's like the first manager in quite a while that's publicly and reiterated and kept saying how much he wants to be at the club he keeps saying it um, we had uh, Keith Downey and George Colton on they both said when they met him they asked him like basically why did you take the job and he said well because this is a massive club and I want to be here mm. and that was privately he wasn't even going and publishing that that was just him talking yeah. honestly mm. so that's the most important thing for me he wants to be here yeah. and the players will get that and that'll be infectious throughout the whole club mm. definitely I think as I said just going back you know, the, the Moyes straight away you just thought you don't want to be here. Why yeah. you? Why you here? The worst thing after that, that Middlesbrough game, and he come out and whether he said it for the right reasons or the about was being in a relegation yeah. battle, sort of neither. Either, but you just got the the feeling straight away. Mm. He didn't realise what he come into yeah. and he didn't. Want I think to be it was here. worse. I think he, he he didn't just want to be here. He felt like he was doing us a favour for being here. Mm. Yeah. He felt like we needed him more than he needed us. Yeah. And yeah. there's that plain arrogance. Like I, I, I boycotted some of the games in the last season. I refused to go. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've ever done that. Hit that man made me fall out of love with a team that I've supported for twenty odd years, and I would will for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna fuck off to South Shields like some Southern fans have. Mm-hmm. Like, just <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> every shot fired. <laughs> Suddenly, your team only get one team, and he can't swap. Amen to that. And it's like he he made me fall out of love with my team, and. I, I would never forgive him for that. Mm. Never. Martin, how much would you want to play for a manager like Coleman who seems to, to get what Sutherland's about, what the area's about? I'd want to play for any manager at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Struggling with my knees, though. Yeah, no, it, it would be. As you say, it, it just gives off that air of somebody knows what he's knows what he's about. He's got a confidence in himself. Um, and I would imagine he is a good manager to play for. Um, he has a lot of belief and I think he probably is a once we get this season out of the way I think he can start turning that and make the club sort of believe in themselves again and the players so he done that with Wales he, Wales' results were awful at first mm. I think he was on the verge of sacking after a 6-1 loss against yeah, Serbia was, yeah. and then I'm really annoyed because you were talking about Wales and Copley didn't bring it up yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sat here with a smile on his face <laughs> I love Jimmy Lawson called me a fake Welshman uh, on Twitter no, it's just a fake Malcolm no, well, just, from <laughs> just how important is it that, uh, just a, a slight nibble there just how important is it that Coleman stays next season I think it's crucial um, just because it, it we're, I mean you alluded to it earlier Martin like we're the big we're the big fish in League One mm-hmm. we'll have the ability to attract players mm-hmm. if the club either sack Coleman which would never happen or if Coleman decides to walk then that'll tell that'll be a warning sign to every single player every agent every potential manager now even Coleman who's just spent the last like almost a year going on about how much he loves Sunderland and wants to be here if yeah. even he wants to walk mm-hmm. then that'll just that'll just be yeah. like yeah. nah nobody would ever I want think, to come near there's so many variables that are up in the air for next season the best thing that's happened in the last six months is him like just coming out and saying I'm going to be here 
yeah come like join me on this journey there's, there's no like mm-hmm. there's no like worries over my future yeah. I'm going to be here I, th- I think you'd be here yeah. I'd, I'd be way I'd be surprised nothing should surprise you but yeah. I would because I think you probably would have peeled out by now yeah you know what I mean and yeah. then I think as I said I can't see them sat in him and I don't see him walking because no, um, I don't think he would have come here in the first place if he was going to walk he could have held out for a possibly a job in the mm. Premier League we've also got a game at Reading on Saturday um, which could have been a massive game for us if we'd managed to win against Leeds but we didn't uh, what are your predictions for both games Norwich and Reading do you think we'll, we'll draw one lose one lose one lose one <laughs> lose them all I think we'll uh We'll sort of. I can see us winning one of them. I think we might win the the Norwich game because, as much as they've got crafty players, I think they're just a little bit. I don't. I don't rate them as a side at the moment. Are they sort of mid table? Not really got anything to play for anymore. I just. I can just see them going whatever. Who cares? It's a bit of a non-game on Tuesday, mm. and that's the type of game that we tend to, you know, be able to come out with the uh, type of passion we need to win, even though it's too late. Reading. They've still sort of got a bit of a bit of a relegation battle on, so I can see them probably nicking that. But yeah. score prediction for each. Put your neck on the line. I'm just one 0 Norwich, and then probably two oh, one Reading. Be like heartbreaking last minute. <laughs> Nichols, what you saying? Uh, uh, I'm like I'm one of the most <laughs> pessimistic Sunderland fans, so I just like, go and expect to lose every single game, and then if we win, it's a bonus. So. But I'm, I've just got, and I know for a fact we're going to start winning now, and then Alexander Mitrovic is going to relegate us. 100%. You know that will happen. So we'll probably beat Norwich, maybe point against Redden, lose against Redden. I don't know. I haven't paid any attention to Redden. I don't think anybody ever pays any attention to Redden. It's just an industrial state outside of London, really. So <laughs> ignore them. But now, nah, they ripped us apart the stadium light, which is very worrying. Uh, Modu Barrow is a very talented player and is exactly the worry. I thought he can get him behind us and he worries me but I think I'm going to say I'm going to beat Norwich because I'm going to be blindly optimistic for once give me a score give me a score 11-0 <laughs> no 1-0 I think I think we need that clean sheet and um, I hope we can get that more than anything yeah, else I'm Redding uh, 2-1 Redding 2-1 Martin what do you think I'll go 3-2 we'll beat Norwich and I'll go 2-1 at Redding getting beat Mm. Mm. One step forward, two steps mm. back, as usual. Well, then um, we'll go on to some uh, some Twitter questions. Actually, we've got James Atkinson who asks if it is a Jaffa cake, a biscuit, or a cake. <laughs> what do you that's think? a question that's never been answered properly, is it? Well, it, it has. comes up all the time. What was it? Has. It's it? a cake. It was. Uh, I just must have got bored looking yeah, for the legally. answer. <laughs> you might, you might need it. Yeah, because legally you have to declare if it's a, bis- a biscuit or a cake, and they were being taxed for it being a biscuit yeah, for like years and years and years. So the company, I think it's McVitie's that on Jaffa Cakes, oh, isn't right. it? So McVitie's went to court and said, no, we're a cake, proved they were a cake in court and recouped all the tax money that paid. I always thought it was a cake, like so I feel a bit, I feel vindicated, to be honest. Yeah. I don't like them. I'd never thought I'd what? ever use that bit of information. Here we are. i placed that off me set A now. That's what we mind quality analysis you get with the report. Right, Damien Brown asks the more serious question, has the absence of Didier and Dong negatively impacted the Field is the transfer at all? Is the transfer at all justifiable? Didier Dong hasn't appeared for Watford yet. I think he's been on the bench twice. Mm-hmm. Um, pointless, pointless transfer. Yeah. To be fair, mm. from Watford's perspective, Didier Dong's got nothing on Decore and Capu. They're just well out of his league. Decore is a very underrated player. He's so effective for Watford. But from our point of view, and 
Ndong wasn't the best player, but he was one of our most effective. He just has that energy and that stamina that nobody else in the team in midfield, apart from McNair, who's always injured, had. Mm. And he's kind of like, he's a massive miss purely because of the fact that who else have we had to replace him? Apart That's from true, yeah. People with no legs, no ability or drunk heads. We've got, to, <laughs> got a, a, we've got a game on Tuesday now and McNair's gonna have, probably going to have to play the next game mm. and he's, you know, just come back to full Three fitness. Three games in seven days. Exactly. You don't want to be asking a player like that to be playing mm. back to back to back, but he's going to have to because we haven't got anyone yeah. to replace him. It just shows how much we've missed him. Him and Watmore have definitely missed them all yeah. season. I know some people don't really like that opinion, but we've definitely missed them. Oh, Christ, don't get, don't get me started on that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, tweet, I tweeted um, at the weekend that uh, <clears throat> our season could have been massively changed if we'd have had Watmore and McNair fit, which I don't think is an unreasonable yeah. Obviously the, the goalkeeping situation hasn't helped. And a bloke, I can't remember what his name was, but he just went no, abs- absolutely ballistic with me on Twitter. Um <clears throat> so I called him out on it and then uh, he was offering people money to find me address. <laughs> it was I was fucking it was balmy, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic! Had a good laugh. Yeah, it was uh, it was a bit strange, but um, like I have I have where I work and stuff on me Twitter, so I had to take that off just in case, like because you don't want some just like watch massive... back. We don't publish where we record this podcast, do we? No, we don't. But you don't just want some massive well. writing. That'd you, be like. my luck. I'll get yeah. a clip walk now, of here. Former SAFC player involved in brawl it's at university. Just <laughs> a Leeds fan in that blog outside with, with a man who's banned from Leeds season. <laughs> It'll be a real PR coup for, for Martin Smith and. <laughs> One question I've got for you, Martin, is obviously you were around a, in the Reed area and Sunderland's golden area, a yeah. golden area, golden era um, in recent times. <clears throat> what do you see differently from then to now, apart from bad players? I was going to say, players, <laughs> yeah. players help make it. Um, Reedy just, go, I mean, we, we were relegated under Reedy to the prem, from the Premier League once, but there was never that real sort of down, downer. Like it is now, mm. it's it's bizarre. It's just it's just the way it is now. The whole the whole match day experience has just totally changed. But I think with Reedy, there was the belief. Obviously, we had Super Kev, Quinny, Nicky Summerby, Alan Johnson, the players, and you just knew they were good players. And at some point, it was going to click. And, um, and there was just a real desire from everybody. It was a, it's a really good team spirit, you know, forged sometimes off the pitch. <laughs> in, in a certain establishments, but we did that. But you always got the hundred percent on a Saturday. Mm. Yeah, you so, know so that how, was the how, thing. How good was that off the field culture? Because I, I listened to a, um, a, a Kevin Phillips interview with Graham Hunter, and he was talking about his time at Sunderland, and he he said that off the field it was it was just brilliant because all of the lads got on and and they, they genuinely liked each other. Yeah, it was. It was as I say, just socially. But it, I mean, it was a different time then. Um, so you could get away with. I know even towards Reedy's end, the 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 cans on the buses from away trips that all stopped. So it did it did, yeah. it did change? You know, the culture had to change a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was. It was just you. You just you finish training. Not every not every day, but sort of at the right times you'd get together. You'd go to the races, the gaffer maybe once. Like every two or three months, you'd all be down, like the seafront in the restaurant, just mm. together. You know, there'd be just loads of stuff that we always, always did together. And you mm. see, you're not going to get everybody who's sort of best mates all the time, but everybody did, did get on. It, just how fierce was Peter Reid? Um, Chris oh. mentioned we had George Culkin in a couple of weeks ago, and he said, as a, a quite young reporter, um, 
he wrote something and Reedy had him up against the wall and it broke apart and <laughs> Colton he was, was absolutely uh, terrified what, what for, was he like he was he was if he said something you listened and you, you did your best to carry it out yeah. you know he was he was fierce fierce compared I always remember it was probably the, when he first come we did a five a side and um, Scotty shoulder barged him and he's gone over and Scotty was laughing and like we'd not really we didn't really know the gaffer so much then Next time, Scotty got the ball two for them. That Martin Scott. Yeah. Fuck, you know what's going on here? And Scotty was supposed to be playing on the side, yeah. And that was when you thought, Jesus, this guy means business. Yeah. You he know, and there was just loads of little of things like that. And as I say, I remember once he, he marched Rob McCaffrey, used to work Sky Sports, because mm. the gaffer used to love his head tennis. And Rob had come in and and he was standing watching them and in, uh, one one ball was called out Reedy wasn't out and then Rob McCaffrey gets involved Nort was out the fucking hell are you <laughs> got him marched him out the training ground you know you just you just didn't upset him you know he was just as I say just all the time but he was just a born winner you could yeah. see that from and that had to come like it just filtered through everybody. I think he just fit Sunderland as well like, yeah it was class I mean we were going down that year it's probably not as because we're still at Rocky, we didn't have the big stadium, and you could like now you go and it's, it's empty. It's it's mm-hmm. like soulless at times, you know. It's, yeah. it's quiet, um, but we still at Rocky. But we were, we were going down until he come in. That mm. and when we mm-hmm. had the seven games, but he just instant that instant lift. Um, as you said, he just he was great. And uh, towards the end, I mean, the last two years, I think I barely played under radium and people always thought. So uh, me and him didn't get on, but it wasn't, and I'd never say a bad word, not because I'm scared of him. <laughs> but what he taught me so much and improved me game and different sides to me game, you know. And as I say, it was it was just it, it was a real eye opener playing for him. It was just it was great. You, you know, mentioned Roker, great time. Roker Park there as well. Because I've personally sometimes like, when you look at this season, like, I know we had, we had to have the Premier, we had to have stadium like yeah. the Premier League, would have the big ground to be the ten years consecutive Premier League football. But now going back down to League One, playing like probably Accurate and Stanley, like yeah, AFC it's... Wimbledon, you not sometimes think you wish that we just never left Rugby Park. <laughs> well, I was always a rock man. I was born up going there, so I always loved it. I think the stadium, when it's full and everything's gone well, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. But as you say, next year, people are going to be coming here. It's going to be like Wembley for them. Mm, you know, yeah. so it is, it's going to be that side of it as well. But again Roker we used to get 16 17,000 in their times where it was it was bouncing you mm-hmm. know but you get 16 17,000 in the stadium it's horrible it's it's quiet isn't it? mm-hmm. it's, I think it's because yeah. you know what it was like not so long back I, t- I take you, you back know? to uh, to Roker Park 1993 Luton Town your, your debut your score what's that like for a, for a local lad yeah you, it was you lived the dream didn't you yeah I'd never even been in a, a first team squad up until then there's, there's been a few like sort of murmurs of my being involved and then I didn't find out till the morning of the game, which was probably good because I wouldn't have been able to sleep. Yeah. Um, and Butch just put us on. He says, "You're your own free kicks." And then we we got one where we'd been practicing in the morning, and then uh, just to strike it. I think Peter, this, you talk to people now, and it's it, it was 25 yards out, top corner. It wasn't. I hit it. I had my head down hit it, and now the keeper never saved it. <laughs> it sort of goes through everything. <laughs> But it was Is it one of those just, goals that's got better. Yeah, oh, without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, and then so all my friends and everybody, my mum and dad's there, and just to say it was it was just fantastic. It was. Oh, I say it sometimes it seems like yesterday, and other times it seems like it wasn't even me. It's you know what yeah. I mean. What's it like going from the, the difference of like standing in the full well end watching the lads play, yeah. and then? 
being one of the lads playing, watching the fans in the football end. It was, it was like, crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Surreal. Yeah, I mean, I, I used to love because then we didn't really have the training ground, so you used to go into Rock Park every day, mm-hmm. and that's a place I just love. And yeah. just to go down the back of the Roker end, yeah, and just kick the ball against the back, against the walls, and that it was just it was fantastic. Yeah, I absolutely imagine. loved it. Can't that's imagine a Lamine Koenig stadium alive. Nah, I know, I know. But like, again, now because my mum and dad still live forward and. I'm around Rock Park and just when it's not there, you know what I mean. Mm. You, you go past mm-hmm. and all their memories, but uh, time waits for no man. Yeah. But no, but it was it, it was special to do it. Really was. You say, just being a son of lad and all my friends used to go to away games and you'd see them and all that. You know, it's, mm. no, it was it was fantastic. What one of the um, amusing anecdotes uh, Graham got in an interview with you for Rock uh, Report? I'd encourage all of the uh, the listeners to go and have a read. It's very good. Um, you were called up to the England under twenty one squad, yeah. Um, and you played. I think it was at St James's Park, wasn't it? <laughs> and you were booed throughout. What I was, was that? Like? <laughs> Sue was mentioning my name, and then I, I come on booze. You know, <laughs> every time I got the ball, but actually I, I, I played well when I got on. Um, but it didn't. I didn't want them cheering me, so I wasn't. No, no, <laughs> it wasn't you know. But it was great. Like it was, you saying certain people, sun the tops on and. It was it was fantastic. Um, hey, I know it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Kevin Keegan was manager at the time for the twenty ones, simply because mm. it was at Newcastle. He was manager of uh, Newcastle, but he was absolutely fantastic as well. Mm. He was, uh, he was. Uh, there's a st- I don't know whether it's true, but somebody John Cairns, who used to be um, Radio Newcastle, he, he told me that Newcastle put a bid in for me right, after really? that. Because I trained with Keegan, and he he, he says that they put a one point five billion pound bid in. I got, got ten down. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I never found out if it was actually true. But mm. let's see. But I, I was at Newcastle as a young lad um, before Sunderland took an interest. So from the age of ten, I think mm. it was to fourteen, mm. that was the excellent school then. So he trained one night a week. So he used to go through there, and Gazi used to train with us because oh, on, on a Monday like. night, yeah. Because he, oh, he's frightening. But he was in the first team then. Yeah, yeah. But they like to keep an eye on him. So they used to bring him in on a Monday night <laughs> to train with like <laughs> under 12s and under 13s. You know? So that was, a, that was a great experience as well, getting to train with him. But I'd say when I got to 14 and Sunderland sort of showed more of an interest, that was it. That was the job done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lad called Steve Beatty on Twitter asks. Um, Asks, uh, ask Martin about the the Ivan Drago telephone call when I was out on the drink with him post three nil Newcastle game. I don't know, don't know if that means anything to you. But... I remember Drago. making a phone call for me about Drago. <laughs> but then, if we'd won three nil against Newcastle, I'd have been absolutely yeah. off the planet. Yes, everyone. I remember seeing a photograph and I'm thinking, I'm sure that was before the game. I'm thinking. How did you make it to the game? I looked absolutely <laughs> wrecked. <Yeah. laughs> we can all uh, sympathise with that. Any uh, any questions for Martin Lance? Oh, just about. Uh, would you think? Do you think that Peter Reid would work in uh, today's dressing room, or would he just be an absolute uh, powder keg? Where you go? That's a tough one. I think with the top level Premier League players, I think it would be hard to get away mm-hmm. with what he did with us. Now. Yeah. Um, I still think maybe it's League One, League Two when the players um, he haven't got the, the multi-million pound deals to fall back on I think he'd still definitely get a reaction from the likes of them mm-hmm. um, but I think as I say I, 
I think his time we ever see his name comes up every now and again when there's yeah. frequently <laughs> a job on the go here. It's, yeah. uh, I don't think it will work and come back now. No, you know? no. I mean it was it was great while it was while it was going on, but let's say time time moves on. Yeah. I think that's no, you, you ship sailed. Can't imagine Lamine Corne putting up with a. Uh, I mean, there's times I look at it and think, oh, I would love really to get hold of you, lot. You know what I mean? And really, him and just out, yeah. Because I see stuff that they taught me about defending, and and you see some of the stuff that's happening. You think, how can you get away with that? Mm-hmm. You know, but it it just you had players in your team then, like Barley. If you didn't do a job, Barley would have you. Yeah, and if he didn't get you on the pitch. Gaffer, have you when you go off the pitch? You know what I mean. So yeah, yeah, I do your stuff. So what was it? Kind of um, a fear of doing wrong? Do you think? That, no, that well, kept, kept yeah, I mean, you wanted to keep them, keep them on board, obviously, but it was, it was it, because the team well. was so good and tight. You you, you do it for your mm-hmm. mate as well. Yeah, you know, was that what the three D was more like? It wasn't just like he was obviously the gaffer, but he was like one of the lads as well as the he gaffer. was. But you knew there was a line you couldn't yeah. cross. Bobby was. Bobby got on great with he everybody. Was he was a laugh, he was life and soul. <laughs> yeah. But even with Bobby, you knew yeah. there was a line you didn't cross. So they had that respect. Um, but also, you got on with them like, as well. We've obviously all seen insight into the dressing room with Premier Passion documentary. Ah. <laughs> it's wild, man. <laughs> what was that like? like all of you, you forgot the cameras were there after a yeah. while. You know what I mean? Because the gaffer never changed as well. You see some of the stuff that's said on there and... <laughs> Even like the, either girl I'm with now, like the girl I'm with now, she's if I do something, wait, piss you. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's it's that sort of stuff that's on there, and it that sort of thing. He never changed, yeah. So it just become part of the natural sort of. Really like a, a lot of people have been saying, like, "Don't know." Suddenly, be like, "Oh, you done it for the camera?" Think, no, no, no absolutely not. not at all. No, yeah. as I said, and the, there's times I think there was Warney Walk. I think it was Arsenal because he had a good Bridgie and I think Russ for not being strong enough and they were up against Martin Keown and people like that <laughs> and then he slams the door and he walks out and you can still hear him chuntering away as he can in the course <laughs> in the next room then fucking sees you know what I mean it's like that was him <laughs> but again sort of next day unless you really crossed the line it yeah. was always forgot about you mentioned yeah. before like old interviews earlier on the day like it was the belief that really put into you like he, yeah. he gave you Think, can you see like a lot of parallels with Coleman in that aspect I would think so, from yeah. Yeah, from what I see, I think he believes, and as I say, hopefully he does, he mm. gets the time to implement everything because he has come into a, a, a tough situation. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Um, so hopefully he does. Because I think the two are co- both kind of like very similar yet very different. Mm. Both like There's similar a belief. Moral, yeah. Like the both, you can see the belief in them. There's an authority yeah. about them as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. They I mean, both the thing have an aura that's projected differently. Yeah, the thing is, really, everybody knew the job. It was like a 4 4 2, and you knew your job. Mm-hmm. You know, so anybody could go in, and you, you just knew. You just say, "Balls come in the box." You knew that defenders had to come and get edit, yeah. and the, the people would stick the bodies on the line. There was also just change of football since then, obviously, with the because in the nineties, that's just what English football was. Yeah, so. I mean, you'd to see it in the kind of style you put. You look at Reedy's team then. I'd, I sort of just I'd left in ninety nine, and the team that finished seventh to like. You look the year Leicester won that team would have won the Premier League. Like I think yeah. Radies were Quinny mm. when Kev was firing, you know, and if Stephen Schwartz come in, people like that, you mm-hmm. think that that team then would have won the Premier League. Mm. It's just the way he had them playing, it was just fantastic. Mm-hmm. They say my last two years there, didn't play a lot of games. But you couldn't knock on the door. Yeah. You couldn't say Gaffer, I should be playing. Who should be you playing out of? <laughs> Quinny, Kev, yeah. Alan Johnson, Nick Summerby. You know what I mean? You just had to wait. Yeah. How, how hard was it? Did, it? did it do your head in at the time? It did. At, at the time, I, yeah, I'd, I'd been playing and then sort of 
everything for me was like an upward curve and then it sort of just it, it flattened out yeah. um and it wasn't sort of till till I left, I realised I'd sort of stagnated. And in hindsight, I should have left the two years previous. He got mm. us to sign another two. I should have left left earlier. Um, what was it like leaving? It wasn't as hard as I thought. I knew because I knew because I should have went yeah. before. So I was I was ready to go. You know, I yeah. Imagine he wanted if it was to stay. Ninety seven would have been pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. But it was the, the time was right to go in the end. Mm. You know, you but he ended up going with Adrian Heath, who was yeah. the reserve team manager at Sheffield mm. United. You uh, you still get the the son of Pella crack. Do you know where the, Do you know where the nickname came from? <laughs> it was I think it was Martin McFadden who was a love supreme. Oh yeah yeah Martin yeah because he started the t shirt. He, he I don't, I don't, love the old I SOP think, one. Yeah it was SOP. It was he reckons he come to Rock Park one day and I was standing like he come to take four of something and I was standing at the bottom of the uh, foreland and I had three balls and I says oh I'll, I'll bend them down the into the tunnel from here and I did it and I think it was something like just as simple as from the car he's like the son of Pelly or something and it just it stuck in the middle of the t-shirts yeah. you know but it, it's it's followed us everywhere we've had a bit of Brazilian uh, theme on former players now with yourself and Danny Collins on what's Danny Collins so Danny Collins always had this song yeah the old Danny Collins for Brazilian players oh, song they. and then both players we've had on being Brazil theme yeah nice, nice Brazil theme <laughs> where do you think but yeah, to end it we'll, uh, we'll go around the table um, expectations for next season should we be thinking about coming straight back up as champions check a trade trophy winners <laughs> should we do the lot the clean sweep unbeaten and leave do the one? quadruple absolutely yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah we've got, got to hope that um Martin Bain's got something right and he's got some finances there for Coleman to play with. No, that's exactly <laughs> it. It's a big it's a big if. But if 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 we have got the money to spend and Coleman brings this squad in, then yeah, absolutely. We should be looking to do that. I think we've found our level. Like we're a Premier League club. <laughs> <laughs> now, like, we're a Premier League club with championship players just and League One finances. Mm. Finance only Blackburn and Wigan spent more than us yeah. last season from League One. We just can't compete. The championship's now like a Premier League light. No. You have to spend 60 odd mil just to get out of the fucking thing <laughs> we don't even have 60 odd mil coming into the club at any early rate <laughs> Bor- Borough look like they're going to so struggle if they don't go up yeah mm. it's, and we're, we're fucked but I'm, I'm excited for next season I think we've got, it's got to be like challenge to go straight back up again it'd be nice to win won't it yeah it'd be yeah. nice to yeah, see us win so, more than so one game in a row some football matches like. mm. but like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm excited for it like, I shouldn't be you shouldn't be we're excited we're still going to trips exactly yeah, like, you know if they've got the leads again that's a bonus exactly. perfect <laughs> <laughs> and Stanley's just like caged at the way end oh. yeah yeah Luton, Luton Town you go through the way end by yeah. some cockney sitting room obviously uh, I never got to go to the Park because I was, I was born in 94 so mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if I can get to like a Roger Park style ground in League One. Oh, yeah, so Bert, hopefully we can drag Burton down with because that's the best away game I've had this season. Yeah, it was you didn't brilliant. Get punched. <laughs> no, I didn't get smacked. Didn't get banned from the town. No, it's, it's it's the home of Collins, so it's like cheap pints all over. There's fourteen pubs Colin, through the train station. Collins piss water. <laughs> Aye, but it's two, two pound a pint in Burton. I'm sure it's actually from Canada and all. Like the company that owns it. But yeah. no, it's, <laughs> the breweries on Burton and Trends. It's two yeah, pound right. a pint in the town. There's fourteen pubs through the train station and the ground. It's a terrace. It's amazing, nice. nice. And we won two 0 and James Vaughan scored. I cupped his ears to the yeah. bastard fans. Really. <laughs> it was that, great. The last time we were down, it was obviously we signed Marco, so it was it was fantastic. The away games, Sullen used to go. He used to take over the stadiums. Yeah. It was it was good. You know, I mean, times moved on and we had rope and then. But it was if you're winning football matches, I think a lot of it, as long as you're playing well and you're winning, mm. it's it'll be enjoyable. We just want to see results and people who care. Yeah. yeah. 
I saw yeah. a fantastic picture on that uh, that away day fans Twitter account. Mm. I think it was Colchester fans at Notts County, but there was about five thousand of them, and they just took up the entire width for the pitch and yeah. that stand. You, you get but that would be that would be yeah, something do, next yeah. season. Yeah. We used to I used to go like as I say when I, I was a supporter then, and you'd go you'd have a weight behind the goal down the sides, and they just absolutely swell. And I think it'd be like I think a lot of people next year, as long as we start well, that, mm. that'll be it. I it'll think we can get some wins loving the away yeah. trips. Mm. And what I've, I've feared for a while. Like, I was my like when I was a kid, it was the Reed era. So like, I, I grew up in like golden, golden age. It was the proper good generation. So like, that set me up for life. I was I was never going to fall out of love for Sunderland again after that. No matter how shit it was, but I fear now that we might have lost a generation. Yeah, like, that's my only feeling. Bigger I mean, teams coming through, like yeah. kids like wearing Barcelona shirts yeah. instead of Sunderland ones. Yeah, why? Why would you want to go? I mean, it's, it's expensive to go, isn't it? Why? Yeah. As a kid, but that, in them, them days you didn't have football over the TV as well, mm-hmm. so that was you. You went to the game on a Saturday afternoon. Now, as you say, that the next generation it's all on the telly, isn't it? You just why would you go and watch something? When to you the club's the credit, they've announced that under eight to go for free next season. Oh, yeah. that's good. Oh, yeah, yeah, they have to. I think they've detected that. Just what we're talking uh, about. Just to lose keep people. people on Hopefully board. listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. You never know. Mm-hmm. Possible. <laughs> If Martin Bain, you're listening, I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but can you send us some free stuff? Cheers. Yeah, yeah. If you want to, if you want to buy rubber report, then good. Not him. We wouldn't sell out of Martin Bain, not a million years away. As always, um, big thanks to our guest, Nichols. Cheers for coming on despite your um, your palaver and leads. Love selling me. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, cheers for producing the show and being on mic. Absolutely, any time. And thank you to Martin as well, mate. No worries. Yeah, thanks yes. for on. Would you come on again? Definitely. No, no pressure Definitely. to say yes, of course. No. <laughs> I just realised that when I said I was good, oh, the Masters is on, I think, oh, why have I said it? So I'll let us check my diary a bit more what the sporting events are on. So, yeah, but I'll definitely come back on. Next one, thank you very much. Um, remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Acast, and follow Rope Report on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can subscribe to us on YouTube where you'll be able to catch the latest episode of Rope Report TV. I've been your host, James Copley, and thank you very much for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. 
That's stamps.com. Code program.